Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack, and we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode. How are you, Jack? I'm good. I'm good. I got a bit of flack on a previous episode for starting, instead of saying hello, starting with, I feel welcome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And my girlfriend said that was a very weird thing to have started the podcast with. So now I'm really self-conscious about how I start these. I mean, it's not as bad as the amount of edits I have to do if ever I try and make you start or introduce uh, oh, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, sometimes I just sit quietly in the background because if I say anything, it will ruin it and we'll have to chop things out. So, yeah. Now, uh, this week we are doing something a little bit different. So rather than everything we know about, we are doing some suggestions based off of things that we don't know and we wish we knew. So it's a little bit of a silly episode, I think. Um, But I've collated a number of questions, things that I don't know and other people don't know and we want to find out. And we are asking clever, clever Jack. um, (laughs) And he's giving us some answers to these questions. So it will be a slightly different format to what we're used to, but we're hoping that our giant audience will forgive us for the change of plans. (laughs) And if it's rubbish, we won't do it again. If it's brilliant, we'll do it again. Not every week, but (laughs) it might be sort of a reoccurring thing. So if you kind of like this format, uh, do let us know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're always we're still in our testing phase, aren't we, Jack? So, you know, we're trying out lots of different ways in which we can structure these episodes, different ways in which we can well, be be engaging and make sure we're not sending everyone to sleep. Um, I never want to be that podcast that everyone puts on when they're trying to fall asleep, because I definitely have a few podcasts and audiobooks that if yeah. I just need, I just need some soothing tones, I just need someone talking to me, but I don't actually care to listen. And it, and we can't be that. We can't be that. No, maybe every like five minutes we'll just absolutely scream down the mic, just uh, or just like, say really like loud, horrible things so that, that people just can't relax listening yeah. to this at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gone to sleep to a podcast and woken up in the morning and a podcast has still been playing? Like you've just continually gone. I have that happen to me all the time. I'm very good Um, with sleep timers, but I have had the podcasts seep into my dreams and also listened to (laughs) podcasts that are terrifying. The Case File podcast about true crime. I I don't know why I've put that on before and then suddenly I'm having a nightmare where someone's climbing in through the window to rape and murder me. Yeah, shock. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, manifesting absolute rubbish. (laughs) So we're going to get started. First question, Jack. Why doesn't glue stick to the bottle? I like this question because I think it sets the tone for the perfect science question that actually even myself as, as, as a teacher of science could guess at the answer, but didn't really know before I, I investigated it a little bit further. Um, and it's one of those things that n- everyone's sort of afraid to ask about, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I suppose we should start with, 
how does glue work in general? Because that's a mystery to most people um, in that when we, if I have like PVA glue and I'm spreading it over a surface, we know it's getting on all the cracks. We know it's, it's kind of between two surfaces, but how does it then actually stick them together? Well, it's to do with um, forces in what we call intermolecular forces. So right. let's break that down. We've got, we've got intermolecular uh, molecules are groupings of atoms we, we could call them that would be a, a molecule so intermolecular would be bonds that are forming or forces that are forming between atoms really um, okay. and obviously everything's made up of atoms everything can have these forces and actually anything that is held together ever um, has forces has intermolecular forces are these it. forces like your bog standard gravitational magnetic they're, they're similar to those, I suppose. Yeah, so uh, quite a lot of forces have similarities with a magnetic force, uh, mm -hmm. which is between maybe a positively charged area and a negatively charged area. And of course, opposites attract. They're, they're being held together in that way. Um, but yeah, there's lots, lots of different types of forces. And I suppose the stronger the force is, the more strong that item is. So a diamond, for example, has a lot of these strong bonds, a lot of these strong intermolecular forces holding it together. Um, but something like uh, gold, which pure gold is a little bit softer. Athletes will uh, bite into gold medals and try and sink their teeth into it because if it is pure gold, you should be able to sink your teeth into it because it's really? quite a soft metal. Yeah, so that's where that, that comes from and the Olympians all do it. The medals now aren't made of pure gold, but the, oh, the, the sort of tradition, yeah, the tradition still stays. So um, this is... I'm going to really impress you here with my chemistry <laughs> knowledge. So this is where we've got like electrons being negatively charged, being attracted to protons that are positively charged. Yes. Yeah. In, in some cases. So we, the center of an atom will contain things called protons, the positively charged part of the atom. Electrons whiz around the outside and there is attraction between those two things. So a lot of intermolecular forces are based on those two positive and negative char okay. uh, charges interacting not just within an atom itself, but within uh, multiple atoms as well, keeping everything together. So glue has something similar uh, to that. Um, we're spreading it across the surface. We have uh, the, these bonds. But the problem with glue initially when you spread it is actually it is quite easy, although it might be slightly sticky, it's quite easy to then separate the two objects you've just glued together. Mm -hmm. uh, so what needs to happen is this liquid glue needs to be solidified. And that's done by the water that's within it evaporating. And by creating a oh. solid, the atoms are arranged in such a way where they have they don't have as much space to move into. Uh, and so the, because it's all a lot more rigid, these forces are held in place and aren't kind of, I suppose, slipped would be the word or, or, or um, um, you, you know, slid over so each other. So does it sort broken. of set almost? It does, yeah. So that, that's when the glue is setting. These, these forces are still there, but because the molecules are solid, they're being held in place more strongly. Um, and that's how, how a general type of glue would work. So in terms of why it then doesn't stick to the bottle, well, too set, too dry, it needs to be exposed to air. Um, where the water can evaporate, it can then escape that area. But because it's within this bottle, because it's contained within this bottle, the air in the bottle contains a lot of water already. It's not got. It, there's nowhere for it to go. It, it's it's trapped. Mm -hmm. So the the glue in the bottle doesn't leave. Doesn't sort of lose its liquid state. Okay. It remains in that liquid state. It doesn't dry as such. So why doesn't glue stick to the bottle? Because it can't dry is, is the short answer. But the long answer is everything we've just said there.
there you go. <laughs> it's not the most thrilling or exciting <laughs> area of science, glue not sticking to a bottle. But hopefully with some of the next few questions, we'll, we'll ramp up the excitement level. Uh, I'm enjoying but, science, science 101. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's but who knew glue, glue is way more technical than you thought it would be. You know, they've had glue. I was in the research for this, saw that they had glue for two hundred thousand years. You know, early man was gluing things to a wall in a very very simple way using things like honey, uh, for example, or, or, or tree sap uh, as a glue. But actually, the science behind it is something we've only really learned fully about in the last hundred and fifty years or so. Wow. So next question. How do birds fly? Yeah, again, a, a good question. Something that um, everyone should know. You know, we, we learn about birds. We learn about wings of birds quite early on. But then we don't actually really talk about I mean, why. I feel like I know buzzwords like aerodynamics. Yeah. But I don't know what aerodynamics means. Yeah. You know, wingspan. You know, it's it's yeah. things where we've, we've definitely heard about it, but... It doesn't make a huge. I mean, same question, of course. Also, for me, would be like plane as well. Yeah, but we'll stick with birds. But well, go on, we can we can actually link it with planes because the, 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 we'll start off. There's there's four forces in action here: um, lift, gravity, thrust, and drag. So if we start with thrust and drag, as well as sounding like a, a headline act at a cabaret, uh, as well, <laughs> thrust and drag are what are moving the plane forwards or the bird forwards but also holding them back. So they oppose each other in the forwards and backwards direction. Um, the more to do with flight here, lift and gravity, the other pairing, they're more of a, I suppose, a tag team in, a, in WrestleMania or something, lift mm -hmm. and gravity. Um, they equally oppose each other. Lift going up, gravity pulling things down. Um, again, gravity is the, the, the force we have on Earth, we have on huge planets, we have on the sun, Um that pulls things to the centre of those objects and, and wants to pull birds down from the sky, planes down from yeah. the sky, all sorts of things like that. Lift, pushing against that, um, is um, kind of an effect of the direction that the wind is moving or the air is moving underneath the plane's wings and the bird's wings. So we, we think of a plane, first of all, it's easier to imagine with a plane. Um, the wing acts as a bit of an air deflector uh, so it 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 pushes the air down and underneath the wing. Um, now, because it's pushing air down, Newton's third law of science says that if there's a force being expelled one way, there's an equal and opposite force going the other way. So if a plane yeah. can push air down, the air can push the plane up. And that's what's happening with lift and gravity. Gravity is trying to pull the plane down, but the lift that's being generated by this air being pushed down is holding it in the sky. Um, now, a bird's a little bit different to that because the wings themselves flap. That doesn't yeah. happen on a plane. Um, you could design a plane that does that, but it would be counterintuitive. It, it wouldn't really work as well. Um, so if we've got a bird flapping its wings, the wings are doing two jobs. They're being the air deflector again, but they're also being the propeller to push it forwards. So actually we're pairing two of those initial forces together, thrust to take it forwards and lift to lift it up at the same time coming through these air deflecting wings. As Jack, well. this is yeah. an unauthorised question now. <laughs> if it's that simple, yeah. 
why don't we <laughs> this is I'm really gonna sound <laughs> so stupid now. I'm gonna sound like bloody Icarus. But why don't why haven't we as man, like super intelligent, we've got incredible things going on. Why haven't we figured out like wings that we can attach to ourselves? Yeah. I suppose we could. So if we had How is that wings that not were, happening. Well long enough. Well, it would be very heavy if you think about it, because the mm-hmm. size of the wings we'd need, I've not got the arm strength to lift those. Um, some people Speak will. Speak for yourself, Jack. But, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, so in doing that, it's very inefficient. And, and actually, if we were just, the, the better way to do it would perhaps to be create a, like a mini helicopter, like a mm-hmm. backpack mini helicopter type thing. That would be more efficient. It, would be, it wouldn't be as exhausting as us flapping around or as dangerous, I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay. To, okay. Um, but yeah, theoretically it could be done. Uh, we, I suppose we have um, uh, like paragliding. Paragliding. Yeah. I was which, just thinking. And also jetpacks. So, but that's probably. Oh uh, yeah. Probably there's water-based ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's, it is as simple as that. It, it's deflecting air downwards, which will equal an opposite reaction, push you or the bird or the plane or whatever object it is that wants to fly upwards mm-hmm. as well. And if you can control that, like you can in a plane or a bird can naturally control it, you're flying. And so as long as you're getting these forces in balance, it's not, it doesn't really matter. Obviously birds are so much lighter than us, but you know, technically you could have giant dinosaurs that are doing the same sort of thing because they've got the strength to be able to flap. Yeah. Yeah, they've got the, the flap strength. That's the the, the scientific Unlike term. There. Us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bird, birds have the advantage of having sort of hollow bones as well. So they're a lot lighter okay. than we are. Yeah. 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 That's so uh, cool. I didn't know that. So yeah, I suppose that, that also goes into the answer as to why they can fly as well. Yeah. If we, we did it, we are fairly heavy animals. Mammals themselves are fairly heavy animals. Um, bats being an example of a mammal that can fly. Um, but they're, again, much smaller than we are, I think. I, I don't want to throw it out there just in case they don't. But I think they've got more hollow or less dense bones, certainly, than uh, other I mammals. thought you were saying, I think, to the bit about them being much smaller than us. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm bigger I, than I, a bat. <laughs> I've seen Batman. I know they're bats bigger <laughs> yeah, than me. I think, yeah. I think they're smaller than us. <laughs> but there are the odd ones out there. There's always exceptions <laughs> to the rule. Yeah. Um, so next question, Jack, what is lightning? Because this is something that I think lots of people, again, I feel like you will have learned about it in maybe primary school, but then it still feels like a magnificent thunderbolt being struck down from Zeus. Yeah, in anger. it does seem magic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and everyone, the short answer, I suppose, that everyone knows is it, it's electricity of some form. But the question then is, How's electricity just coming from a cloud? You know, surely water and electricity don't mix. That's everything we're taught up until the age of 10. You know, don't, you know, put the electrical appliance in the bath type thing. Um, But it's actually closer to something we're all fairly familiar with in static electricity. So um, when we uh, are wearing particularly fluffy socks on a particularly fluffy carpet and there's a lot of friction uh, that's caused, we might be able to pass an electric shock on someone else. Or if we rub a balloon against our hair and then hold that balloon next to our hair, our hair is standing up because of static electricity. Yes, my husband has um, really terrible like material 
golf tops that he yeah. seems to wear all day, every day. And every <laughs> evening when he's taking them off, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, this is absolutely outrageous these need to be burnt <laughs> well that's exactly what happens in lightning uh, or when lightning is formed it's it's um friction that's causing static electricity so it'll be the material of the golf golf top that is causing um really electrons to go back to that term we used earlier uh to rub off onto one of the objects more than the other or from the other leaving you with two different charges a positive charge okay. and a negative charge so that happens in clouds um it's normally when cold air will meet warm air um so that's why where in areas you have a lot of warm air like on the equator um chances are you're going to get more thunderstorms there as well and it's why um in places like the uk and europe a lot of our thunderstorms happen in the summer as well it's very very rare for them to happen in the winter because the air is just cold everywhere oh but warm gosh. air meeting cold air yeah i didn't even that never even registered because in my head i'm like well of course they'd be in winter because that's when we get the most of our rain but rain and a thunderstorm is a completely different thing yeah 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 um so so we've got warm air meeting cold air and the warm air kind of gets pushed upwards the cold air sinks below and because the cold air is cold um Instead of having water droplets within these clouds, uh, we've got ice crystals as well. And so it's okay. the ice crystals themselves um, kind of rubbing against the water droplets in the warmer cloud as well and bumping together, um, making this static electricity and building up this static electricity. And it technically really creates a giant battery is a good way to think of it. Um, so on a battery, at one end, you've got a positive and at the other end, you've got a negative. That's what's being created in the sky. So we've got um, the, the higher clouds, these warmer clouds being the plus end, the, the lower clouds being the minus end, because they've got more electrons, more of this electrical charge within yeah. them. Now, is that electrical being, charge... Is this being yeah. harnessed for energy, the pro- like a yeah. renewable energy source? Good suggestion. The problem is it's difficult to predict yeah. when and where it's going to happen. And it's it's quite rare. But if we could harness a single uh, lightning bolt, it does have an insane amount of energy. And so it could be enough to power a town. I don't know for how many days off the top of my head, but uh, for four days uh, with that, because there's a lot of uh, electricity flowing through it a very short space of time. I was told as a child that if I was out in thunder and lightning and that's where I'm now just telling you all of my like <laughs> thoughts and concerns um not to go and stand under a tree yeah is that an old wives tale or is that true no that is correct and that okay. actually brings us nicely on to when when this um electricity builds up to be enough when the battery is full you, if you want to use that analogy um the electricity needs to go somewhere it, it's there's no more not quite room but sort of room it needs to go somewhere and so it looks to find something that is oppositely charged which the earth the trees we are in that case so we are conductors of electricity anything that's a conductor of electricity it can run down that and so it's looking for the shortest path to that uh, or to the ground basically and so by standing next to a tree that's a big lightning rod, if you like. That's a big extension yeah. of the earth upwards and outwards that it's going to jump to if that's the tallest thing nearby. Um, now, if you're in a, a town or a city or a village, you're pretty safe because the chances are there's going to be buildings taller than you. Quite yeah. a lot of tall buildings will have um, metal 
spikes on the top of them that then run down the side of the building like churches do uh, run down the side of the building so that if electricity hits them it goes through that metal spike and down into the earth rather than straight into the building possibly electrifying areas of it or causing damage of some sort um but yeah it's it's trying to make its way down to earth in the shortest way possible uh, as well so yeah if you take one thing from this podcast it's uh don't stand near something tall if you're in the middle of a lightning storm well from something quite sensible to something quite absurd (laughs) another potentially old wives tale that i want answering yeah (laughs) If you sneeze with your eyes open, do they pop out? Yeah. So th- this is a popular yeah, one. Yeah, they I think... do? No, 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 oh. no. No, they definitely don't. Oh, right. Um, I was like, but, wow. But yeah, yeah, as in that's a question. I, I could have actually run with that and I probably should have run with that for a bit longer. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's a, something that um, everyone hears about when they're mm-hmm. a kid. It makes fairly logical sense because when we sneeze, we automatically close our eyes Um you know, there's a lot of force going out from yeah. our face during a sneeze uh, yeah. as well. So uh, our eyes, which are these jelly-like substances that could fit through, presumably what we think could fit through our eye holes. That's not the scientific word for them. Um, eye gaps. What's the word I'm looking for? Eye eye holes. It is eye holes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it just sounds wrong. Um, but they can fit through that. It seems like they should be forced out. But actually... Um, the fact that we can move our eyes around proves that we have things holding them in place. So when I look left, when I look right, when I look up, down, whatever, um, the muscles in my or to the sides of my eyes are doing the movement there. And it's actually those muscles that are, one, attached to our eyes to help move them, but also then attached to the rest of our face um, in terms of blood vessels, in terms of tendons, uh, during right. certain places as well. So, so there is a connection in. There's there. a couple of seatbelts there. Yeah. Yeah. And at the back of our eye as an emergency, we have the optic nerve, uh, which actually sends, it goes right up to our brain. Uh, so, uh, that's where any information that's coming through our eyes travels up that optic nerve to our brain. So there's, there's a lot of security, uh, within them. Um, Jack, so, I want to bring up something probably distressing for you but yeah you told me once that your rabbit's eyeball fell out yeah I I don't know if it sneezed I I wasn't there when that happened but how uh, how did that happen if there's all these optic I mean sorry you probably don't know the answer if you were like 10 and just yeah about it so so the caveat with this story as well before someone emails in to you know that's impossible for a rabbit's eyes well I was quite young so I may over the years have embellished this but this is exactly how I remember it to this point in that one day my rabbit's eye was just sort of hanging out of its face. So again, it could have sneezed winking maybe um, (laughs) if this was true, which isn't Um, the the rabbit is true. The the sneezing eyes popping out is not true. Um, But yeah, it fell out. It was still connected. So I kind of like to think that it could see its own face, which is an opportunity that most people don't get, or certainly a rabbit doesn't really get um, to see it other than reflected in, or or in a photo, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it gross it we then took it to the vet obviously to take care of the rabbit um and got it it's eye sealed shut at that point oh, i think they, they kind of gave the, I, I thought they'd try and put it back in but they yeah didn't, pop no, it in they didn't bother i suppose oh. the, the, maybe the muscles must have been severed at that point that were holding oh. it in place so there's no oh, point oh gosh sorry i wish i'd never yeah. asked no 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 horrible 
Um, <laughs> so the next question, don't worry, Jack, we are halfway through. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. can relax in a bit. Um, this is one that I'm, I'm interested about. What is a dream? I, are you a dreamer? I'm not. Well, in lockdown, I was a huge dreamer, um, which actually fits into the the what is a dream uh, explanation. I dream constantly. Yeah. Really vividly, all of the time, always have. I can still remember like dreams from a really young age and like, and you know, I, I almost get sort of deja vu with them. But I dream, I would say, every single night. And then Matthew my husband if he has a dream it's once a year yeah it's like just never happens yeah um, I, I'm like him I hardly ever dream or if I do I'll remember it for about two seconds and then not remember it so I think I must dream but I just don't remember it when I wake up does that mean that dreamers are on the whole better people because that's what I've been going with better what? creative intelligent yeah. that's that's my that's that's always been my party line yeah. Well, what a dream actually is or why we think we dream. Again, we don't actually 100% know a lot about dreams because it's they're very, very difficult things to scientifically analyse and scientifically test. Um, but the, the leading theory is that it helps us consolidate and analyse memories. Um, and they could be memories of certain skills or certain habits that we do. So we're repeating those things. And it almost acts as a bit of a rehearsal for various situations that yeah. our body or our brain thinks that we might encounter again. So that's why we often um, sort of dream about school, dream about work um, and all of those sorts of things that we do regularly um, yeah. as, as well, just because it's our body preparing for the future of those things and potentially any dangers that could come up, which is where nightmares come into it. So when we're having a nightmare, it's our body kind of preparing us for if that situation was to happen in real life. It's giving us a bit of a dummy run or a practice run at it, which I think is quite cool uh, as yeah. well. But but yeah, my dreams in lockdown were always very, very mundane. And the, the, the thought behind that is if you have uh, a day where you're not fulfilled, um, you're more likely to dream uh, on that day <laughs> compared to not. So maybe you've just got a lot of unfulfilled days. Like you're, you're just not doing enough. Boring life. And therefore yeah. I can't wait to go to sleep to spice things up a bit. Yeah, you need to stimulate your brain more in the oh, day because no. you know, your brain's just got full of energy when you, when you go to sleep perhaps. Um, but yeah, that, that's the leading theory. Um, uh, and then um, it the the kind of reason why that's helping us to survive the reason why that's been uh, something that's been passed through evolutionary uh, generation after generation after generation is as humans it helps us better understand our emotions as well okay. because in a dream if we are uh, trying to express uh, how we feel about something even if that is fear in a nightmare um it's then again a rehearsal for expressing that in the real life and so it helps us that socially so My as husband social is, animals. Yeah, yeah, emotionally inept. So that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the the, the follow-up question with this is um do anim other animals dream? Which is something yeah. that we can't really I'm sure tell my dog. About. Like I'm always seeing yeah. her sort of like kind of having and some sort of chase or something going on. Yeah, which actually makes you as good as the scientists who are studying this because there's a couple of ways in which they're trying to um, find out whether other animals do dream. And one is just observing them uh, and seeing what they do in their sleep. And if they're running in their sleep, obviously something's going on there. Um, 
And the other one is to look at the stages of sleep they're in and if they reach the stage of sleep where humans tend to dream. And a lot of mammals do. A lot of other animals don't. So we think and that mammals Which stage sleep. is that? Is that that's the R is that REM? It is. It's REM. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? I, oh. Yeah, I, I was hoping you would not ask okay. that because I'm, so I'm not. <laughs> Scratch this from the record. I'm not 100. I'll sure. move on to the next question, Jack, and I, save you this the embarrassment. <laughs> what I do know is that it's, it's a very deep part of the sleep uh, as oh. well. So it's not you, you wouldn't start dreaming straight away uh, when you fall asleep, even though it might feel like that. But it's really your brain has shut down in those areas, not quite fully shut down, but shut down from thought and, and thinking. And once you reach this REM stage, that's when you'd start. Uh, dreaming and possibly even remembering uh, those, those dreams as well. So your, your brain's working harder than you'd think uh, at night as well. Good, 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 good. Um, talking of the brain, next question. We're on six of eight, so we're getting through them. Um, don't switch <laughs> off, guys. If you are listening, we're nearly done. <laughs> uh, number six is what is brain freeze? Yeah, again, this, another question. Yeah, Go this on. is a good one because yeah. I hate brain freeze I, yeah. I hate it with such a burning passion just like the burning I feel in my head if I have ice cream yeah well it's oh you've got some good news there's a way to alleviate it fairly quickly because it's all to do with the top of your mouth um so when you're taking in you know ice cream uh slush puppies whatever cold item you're having um if it's being pressed against the top of your mouth um to a significant degree, uh, what it's doing is it's um, dilating the blood vessels that you have up there. Um, and it's actually not that that's causing the problem. It's when you've then swallowed the ice cream or swallowed the slush puppy or whatever it is, uh, and air's coming back in, and that's warm air. So that warm air is then causing those blood vessels to, uh, sorry, I, I've mixed that up, to dilate at that point, constrict initially. Okay. So they're constricting, they're getting getting smaller because it's cold, because they're, they're kind of your body's main reaction when you're in a cold area is to constrict your blood vessels to mean that your blood is running closer to the centre of your body and you're not losing as much heat. So that's what's mm -hmm. happening. They're constricting at first. And then when you're getting that warm air, it's dilating the blood vessels again. And if this is happening over and over and over again, um, these rapid changes near sensitive areas. So in at the top of our mouth, we've got a lot of nerves. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, around our brain, we've got a lot of nerves. That can cause the issues. That can cause the pain that's coming through because of Why these very is it sensitive painful, nerves. Then? Yeah, it, it's because by constricting and dilating these blood vessels, we're giving those nerves varying amounts of blood, which gives them varying okay. amounts of oxygen. So it's it's not allowing them to function as they should. And so it's sending a painful message to our brain to kind of say, stop doing that. Oh, um, right. Because I was going to say, it's so because I don't feel the pain in the top of my mouth. Yeah. I feel the pain in my brain. But yeah. that's because my mouth is saying, because obviously my mouth's got its own opinion. My mouth is saying, <laughs> hey, brain, sort this out. Yeah. So it, it's sent. It's um, and also you've got to uh, note that the um, uh, the nerves aren't just at the top of your mouth, but the the ones that are being serviced by this blood is they kind of go around the front of your brain as well. Um, so it's okay. those ones that are being damaged too, which is why the pain is there. But um, yeah, pain's always there to kind of tell us to stop doing something. You know, if we've got our hand on something hot, the reason it hurts isn't because it's hot. It's because our cells are being damaged and it's killed. So our brain's yeah. going get away from that um okay. and we're picking up on it nice um 
this is one that's of interest to me the paranoia <laughs> every every time I go to the hairdressers I have her check why does our hair turn gray jack why yeah well it is quite awful actually when you look is into it, di- it. is it dying it's yeah it's our hair oh. follicles starting to die uh, with oh, this God. one um, and and as they start to die there's fewer pigments in them as well and so they we, the pigment is what gives it the color uh, as well um, and so what's left over will normally be a bit of a transparent color that kind of like a gray a silver or a white um, white I'm fine with white because I you know I'm I'm a bottle blonde yeah but you know a white could make that process easier I think I'm still all right get the odd one but what about you Jack have you started noticing any uh I don't dare look I yeah I go to the hairdresser when he does the mirror at the back I just look somewhere else just close your eyes yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be pleased to go uh gray it means that I've still got hair I, that, that's, that's my, true that is true yeah. the curse the, the male curse um, yeah that's okay though because we have lots of other things as women so you know you can, <laughs> you can put up with that one thing yeah um yeah Last one then, what are pins and needles? I am a sucker for a pin and a needle. <laughs> Pretty much every single morning in assembly, I think I would get pins and needles in my feet. Never yeah. figured out the right way to sit cross-legged. No. So please enlighten us, Jack. Yeah. Well, it goes back to nerves, kind of like what we were talking about with the mouth. Um, it's you're squeezing, you're putting pressure on the nerves that are in, let's say, your arm or your leg. Um, and so by squeezing them, you're stopping the blood flowing to those nerves as well. So they're not getting a steady supply of oxygen. They're not getting a steady supply of glucose. The two things that cells like nerves need to carry out their function as well. So they start to fall asleep. And that's not actually uh, what the, the the pins and needles feeling is. The pins and needles feeling is them coming back to life yeah. um, as well. So yeah, that's actually a good thing uh, when you feel that uh, as well. Um, and the, the, scientific term for this is a bit of a traffic jam because you're kind of giving the oxygen the blood the the glucose in the blood um the red light to not be able to get through you've caused a bit of a traffic jam so all of that blood is now rushing through back to it and the nerves don't really know how to deal with it they're starting to get impulse again they're starting to uh, get the things they need again but it takes a bit of a while for them to regain normal function. Uh, they're actually hyperactive when we're experiencing pins and needles, which is why we're feeling things that we wouldn't normally feel. It's why we feel kind of overstimulated in those areas because they're in hyperaction okay. uh, at that point. And then it takes a while for it to regain normal function and get back to normal uh, as well. But How yeah, a good sign. Um, I suppose that you wait. That's it. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, you, you can't there's no way to control what you'd ideally want to do is slowly release the blood back into those nerves so that it doesn't go into hyperaction um but there's no real way to control that so you just got to deal with it (laughs) well thank you very much jack i feel so much wiser now so much wiser so we've done our eight silly questions and not silly questions but our eight oh yeah they were a bit yeah quite silly questions silly questions that actually it's quite good that you know now the answer to because you can impress your friends you can yeah actually i don't know how many how cool you're going to see when you go back to talking about pins and needles yeah but when when you next experience brain freeze or pins and needles you'll know why uh, as well and actually with with brain freeze one thing you can do to to alleviate it more quickly is you can press your tongue against the roof of the roof of your mouth um to kind of 
protect it from this external air coming in and regulate the temperature to be normal body temperature again more quickly. Um, so there you go. There's something useful that you can take away from these facts as well. Well, thank you, Jack. And who says this podcast is pointless, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of our listeners. But uh, apart from them. All no five of them. Yeah. <laughs> so shall we move on to Teach Your Life Pants on Fire? It's your turn. And actually, now that I've sat here and listened to you, uh, do all of this prep and research for this episode. I feel a bit bad that you've had to do this as well. So I literally no. have done nothing but show up. <laughs> I, I, I had fun doing these ones because these are all board game themed. Oh. Um, in arc of National Board Game Day, which is today. Well, it won't be today because we record these episodes ahead of time. But <laughs> No, it, it's not even today either. I was just trying to, <laughs> trying to get a rise. Um, so first headline number one is... Uh, Woman uses operation game tweezers to save husband's life. Okay, like it. Headline two. ChatGPT powered Furby reveals toys plans to take over the world. Yep. And number three. Monopoly game ends in samurai sword fight with man <laughs> said to be fighting for his life. So there are the three. All slightly games, toy based they're all there. ridiculous. I feel like the Operation one... Can you read the Operation one again? I feel like that's the most sensible, which also means it could be the lie. Yeah, it's always a red flag when it's a sensible mm. one. Um, woman uses Operation Game tweezers to save husband's life. Mm. And what... I mean, it could have been, like, in the context of... extra. I don't know. I, I can then, give you the... I, I've got a little got, bit more about each of these stories, if you want to know no, a bit more that, about the... No, the I do not, Jack, because that's just more mind <laughs> games. I know how you work, and I'm not uh, interested, okay? <laughs> so I just want need to think this through. So we've got Operation Tweezers. We've got a Furby that's taking over the world, which seems like the most ridiculous of them, and then the sword fight from Monopoly, which I yeah. think is perfectly plausible. Yeah. Oh, I... Furby taking over the world. It's if that is if that is true, <laughs> I just should just quit. Um, <laughs> but I, oh, it will be true. I'm, I'm gonna say the Furby is the lie. It's true. It no! is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the headline at the moment on uh, Sky News is wacky news which is my source for most of these. Um, but yeah, ChatGPT-powered Furby reveals toys' plans to take over the world. I'd imagine, like we had on a previous episode, it was a jail-broken uh, version of ChatGPT that Alex told us about um, that has the, the sort of evil intentions, or you can program in the evil intentions into the things like this Furby. Oh, I'm, oh. I mean, it's great. It's great. Well done. You were very good at this. I'm very bad at this. It, I don't like being bad at things. I think we should axe this feature immediately. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to give I it a second no, guess? I still, I, oh. Yeah. You've got the operation game where the woman saves her husband's life or the Monopoly game that ended Monopoly. in a samurai sword thing. You think that's the, the lie? Oh, I can tell from how happy you are that it's true. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I think, no, yeah, yeah. I think that's the lie. Yeah, that is true. Um, that one is true. The the operation game. You're right initially. Your instincts are right. The most boring one is always the the one that's made up. Um, I know, but then sometimes you just don't do it that way. 
<laughs> I I think I put more effort into this than any other element of the podcast. I was going to say any other time. element of your working week. <laughs> of my whole life, yeah. <laughs> That's This is very well done, Jack. And, you know, like credit where credit's due. <sighs> yeah, well done. Fantastic. Good job. Really impressed. Really impressive. My, yeah, my headphones are going to fly off in a minute because my head's getting so big from all yeah, these I compliments. Yeah, I know. I know. Now, um, we've got a, we're going to argue in a minute now, aren't we? Because I've said to Jack separately, let's scrap MVP of the week, mainly because I can never think of one. And the idea is that every week someone will have inspired us in some way. And frankly, everyone around me is dull. No one is inspiring. (laughs) Nothing seems to be positive in the world. So I'm not getting flooded with positive news stories and then when I even when I asked chat GPT it just keeps telling me about Marcus Rashford and I'm like I used him week one <laughs> yeah there's only so many times you can keep asking uh, chat GPT I was gonna say keep asking Mar- Marcus Rashford but yeah he just gives you the same answers again and again um I so think Jack- we keep, we've got to keep it it's the name of the podcast know, we can't go mine oh. is just rubbish <laughs> I don't even have what- one what about we change the way we do it? So instead of it being a person or having to be a person, it could be an object, a thing. It could just be something that we'd recommend people go to watch or see. So like uh, okay. a particular sitcom or just okay. something almost more like, like a recommendation, like a show and tell. If you want to use a school analogy, um, okay. where we're going, these are things that we think you should check out. Um, and speaking you of want- mine... Yeah, because I've got on. one. I've done go my job. On. You, you um, do it, and I'm, I'll frantically just, you know, I'll just start thinking my favourite TV shows. My, mine is a guy called uh, Geo Wizard, um, and Geo is in geography, and then Wizard, um, and he is a man. He has a YouTube channel, but his sole purpose in life is to cross countries only walking in a straight line, and so he's done wales he's done scotland he's done norway i think and he just goes to these countries and goes right i've got a little gps and i've drawn a line in the best possible route from east to west or west to east of this country and i'm going to follow that line i'm not going to deviate from it it will take me days i'll just camp on the line and so what he ends up doing is like walking through lakes, uh, just climbing through. I wouldn't recommend this, but climbing over people's property uh, yeah. just to continue in this straight line. Oh God, um, don't do it in America. Whatever you do, you'll be shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, th- I suppose that that's then the danger. And actually, you see a lot of that in his videos. So he films the whole thing. Um, and it's it's walking through farmers' fields who are not the most, What's not ever the again? happiest of people. Geo-wizard. Geo-wizard. Um, and it's strangely addictive to watch him just do it because okay. he gets in, in all sorts of gripes um he's got this like weird backing track that he's he's made himself um that that just goes alongside of it and and, and, you know it's a nice escape from the real world because he's really focusing on this meaning well meaningless challenge in when in the grand scheme of things but he's putting all of his energy and all of his effort into it um and it's quite funny to watch really that's a good one um well and also i took the time whilst you're explaining about him (laughs) to come up with something slash someone but I'm also really annoyed at them so it's kind of an MVP but also sort yourself out yeah. sort yourself out so my MVP is someone called Patrick Rothfuss do you know who this is no he's an author of a series and 
they are absolutely wonderful, wonderful, wonderful books. Mm-hmm. However, he wrote two of them and then he just 12 years <laughs> ago thought, nah. Yeah. And he still hasn't brought out the third one. So the series, uh, the first book is called The Name of the Wind and the second one is called The Wise Man's Fear. And when I say they, I think they are the best books that have ever been written, maybe except for Harry Potter, but like (laughs) adult, sort of adult themes, but fantasy, but so, so crafted beautifully to the point where they are just wonderful, wonderful stories. Has he... um... Has he announced when he's bringing out more of these, or is he just keeping everybody on the, on their toes for a, a sudden surprise well, third one? This is well, no. I mean, the third one's called Doors of Stone. About every three months, I decide to Google when is Doors Doors of Stone being released, <laughs> and at one point it was going to be released in twenty nineteen. Obviously, that hasn't happened. It's actually got a review because so many people are angry waiting for it. So it's got like one star because people are just like, why is this book not out? It's like taking sort of a George R.R. Martin approach to an extreme. Yeah. But he is my MVP because I remember reading them and I hadn't really thought I could feel the way that, (laughs) this is so nerdy. (laughs) The way that I felt reading Harry Potter growing up was just... (laughs) magical and like to be it was I was never into reading until I read them and to kind of be taken to this other place and experience this world I just it was the best escape for me when I I had quite a difficult time in my you know um, teens and it was just the best escape and so to feel that way again as an adult I didn't think I thought only kids could feel could love a story that much and so yeah. it was really nice to re to like re-love a story as an adult and and but yeah the guy just needs to get on number three but <laughs> yeah, I highly so recommend it Jack I like yeah they're fantastic they're they're big books um yeah. but they are wonderful the name of the wind and the wise man's fear and Patrick Rothfuss MVP of the week if we must continue yeah see aren't you glad we continued it after that that was a lovely MVP of the week <laughs> oh, I know. Right, we we've got classroom confessional. We do, we do. Um, so this one again, if you have any classroom confessionals, you've got any questions that you think might fit well, please, please do send them into podcast at minervavirtual.com Equally, um, kind of a good time to shout out if you've got any feedback uh, on any podcast episodes, any that you particularly like that you'd like to see a second part to. Um, please do let us know. Um, so this one is um, I've joined a new school recently and I'm finding it quite difficult to fit in and make friends. Do any do either of you have any tips on how I can make friends? I think everyone feels vulnerable and shy and everyone always wants if somebody reaches out to them it's very, very rare for that to be rejected. I know Mm -hmm. that takes a huge amount of confidence, but if you could try and find like a common interest with some, or maybe join a club so that there's something there that you can have this common interest um, with someone about, that can be a good starting point for speaking to somebody. Even if that common interest is like, you've just had a terrible lesson with the geography teacher and they absolutely lost their mind. And at the end of the lesson, you can be like, she absolutely lost her mind (laughs) yeah you know it's about finding that sense of um you know commonality and 
sort of solidarity together, which I think is really important as like a first step. And you'll often find, even if you go somewhere and you think everyone's already in their groups, they're not. Half of the people in their groups are unhappy with their friendships anyway. And there's always somebody who's feeling shy and vulnerable just like you. Yeah, I, I think that nails it, really. And, and kindness is key. No one's going to reject someone who's being nice. Uh, you know, it, it takes a very horrible person to reject someone who's being nice to them. Um, so if they did do that, you probably wouldn't want to be friends with them anyway. But um, yeah, if you go into them and are just friendly, nice, warm, approachable, asking them a lot of questions about themselves, um, then they're going to kind of be warm and gentle and approachable back to you as well. If you, A good way to think about it is... Um, to kind of road test what you're planning on saying to someone if you're approaching someone on yourself and think, oh, if someone said that to me, how would I react to that? Um, And actually, if it's a sort of something that you're looking for someone else to do, um, chances are you doing it to someone else, they'd want to be your, you know, they'd respond positively to it as well. Um, Joining clubs as well, uh, like Kate said, is a great way to do it. So um, a lot of my friends growing up were through football um, because every week we'd meet, um, there'd be 15 of us uh, all doing the same thing, all trying to aim towards the same goal. Just by chance, eventually you have to become friends because, you you know, you hang out with each other enough. Uh, It's like, you know, doing a podcast with someone. Eventually, if you're meeting with them every week, you've just got to be friends with them because otherwise and, you you're and not one day we will become friends Jack. <laughs> yeah 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 day, it might happen if, if i'm um, lucky my kindness will one day be reciprocated <laughs> never <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you so much for listening everyone we've uh, reached the end of of another episode i'm excited to announce next week we're going to be doing um an episode with an incredible guest frank um and that and he is a coach on neurodiversity so make sure that you tune in for that it should be a really interesting conversation um you know topics uh a topic to kind of discuss great strategies but also just a nice informal chat to maybe make a a topic that might seem scary feel a little bit less scary that's all from us so thanks for listening 